If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, Ian. Howdy. Welcome back to the CU Podcast for Tuesday, August 27, 2000. Ian Ferguson is alongside Pat Country. I am. To run you through 92.7 minutes of hot retro gaming and movie news and pop culture stuff. and, and um, See and, how close we are to that number. And worshipping a, a monolithic entertainment company at an event. That's what we'll be talking about this week, along with Q&A, and also a, a Steam event was found, Ian, and also um, and, and someone found found their heart. Some guy down the street, he found his true love. I talked to him the other day. Oh, that's good. No, I'm just making that up. Okay. I mean, maybe he did, but I don't know him personally. Um, we also have a scumbag sell of the week, a Patreon poll topic. Ian. Sir. Did you miss the CU podcast? I enjoyed my vacation. <laughs> um. I, I didn't miss anything while I was on vacation. doesn't mean I'm not happy to get back to certain things. And felt good to get back into a routine at work. It feels good to be back here talking. Did you miss me, Ian? Um, I didn't. Did you, I did mean, you say no? I'm not going to be hurt. Maybe about a week and a half in, I was like, you know, I should probably catch up with Pat. But... You, you missed not giving me calls back for like two days? You missed that? <laughs> it, it's not as much fun if you're you not, not calling re- me to not call you. You, you missed me not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just not talking it's, it's to like you. It's like the drug. You, you yeah. want the drug of seeing Pat's calls. And I know when you click off right away, because he goes right to voice. Yeah, I know, I know it does. I, I you know. think I don't know this? <laughs> I'm not hiding the fact that I'm not talking to you right now. See what I put up with? I'm trying to run a, run a professional uh, mm. online entertainment company. You see what I have to put up with here? So what did you, you do, Ian? You got you, you went to you went to Rochester. We went to New York, and then uh, for the Long Island Retro Convention, which I haven't even talked about at all. But I'll just best keep it short ever. by saying it was <laughs> it was a fucking great convention. I loved it. Um, it was really really the well done. Of Aviation Museum. That museum was fantastic, yes. and the way they had it set up throughout, literally throughout the museum. This wasn't like in a convention center, like attached to it. It was in the museum. That was great. Then. Um, mm. Uh, I got to try White Castle for my first time. How uh, was it? Uh, it was great. Was it good? Uh, Frank and I crushed $40 worth of it in the lobby. What was that, like 20 sliders or something? It was a lot. I mean, some of those sliders are like a dollar. Um, so you ate like 15 sliders each? Well, we also had some sides. Okay. So it was maybe like 12 sliders each and then some sides. That was that was before I got there? That was the that day? Was, uh, that Saturday. was That was uh, the, yeah, when everyone went for Friday, sushi. though, Pat ordered birthday pizza for Ian. It was good pizza. Thank you. Um... So then I went to Toronto. We took a 12-hour train ride, and it was freaking awesome. I, I, you know it was what? so good. I, I need excuses to go on trains. It's I, so good. I wish the one to L.A. ran more than every three, four hours. I would go to L.A. more often, not to worry about not getting home. Vani was, yeah. was a little, uh, when we were booking it, she was a little eh, about it. She had been on the train from Toronto to Buffalo and vice versa before, and she liked it. But that's a that's a shorter ride. It's about an hour Sure. About an hour to the border, about an hour at customs, and then about an hour and a half to Toronto. Um, but this was, like I said, 
12, uh, 12 and a half hours, but we uh, sprung the extra $25 per seat for business class. Uh, you get a little bit of extra room, you get free beverages, you get leg rests that fold up out of your chair. Okay. Um, and you're right by the dining car, so not only is it comfortable and very spacious and easy to like lay back and try to fall asleep, uh, it's prettier outside the windows than a plane, and... Um, the dining room was open. Basically, it's just a, a, a car full of booths with tables. So we were able to go sit in there, stretch out, play cards, all that sort of thing. It was it was awesome. Any murders happened on the train? No, no murders, no mysteries needed to be solved. No. You know, if if that was actually like a thing, if you if you had like a one percent chance of getting killed, but you can also solve a crime, I would go on trains more often. Yeah, that was like a perk. I think that would be a lot of fun. That'd be great. Um, I might get killed, but probably won't potentially. Toronto was great. We hung out with our friend Kelly uh, two days Kelly. there, and uh, we went to a couple of really Hi, cool places. Yes, you do. Um, we went to a place called Stormcrow Manor that is like six different rooms. It's a bar and restaurant, but they have like a cyberpunk room with an actual hologram in the middle and all the like lights. It looks like it looks like it's right out of Blade Runner. Hologram of what? Like a lady. Like oh, a lady talking. Yeah, dancing. And then. Um, they had a full recreation of the bar from The Shining. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was really awesome. Um, yeah, they they just had a lot of stuff. There was a big, like, uh, um, the Beholder from Dungeons & Dragons was mounted on the wall like it was a like a head trophy. I don't know what that is. Uh, I can't believe you don't. Look it up. You'll know what it is. Um, okay. It, it, Nerd. It, 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 it bothers me that you don't know what a Beholder is. I never played Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> you don't have to play Dungeons & Dragons to know what a Beholder is. Okay. Um, it's a monster with a, it's a floating orb of flesh. With lots of Yeah, eyes. I should know what that is. Yes, okay, go probably on. Probably should. Um, but anyways, that place was awesome. We had a lot of fun. I did a lot of eating. Uh, I found a place that serves patties one block over from uh, where we were staying. Uh, patties are a Jamaican and larger um, West Indian sort of cuisine. Uh, it is a it's spicy meat at its basis level. It is spicy meat and sauce wrapped in a, a crispy shell that is uh, colored with turmeric. So there's turmeric flavoring in it. It looks like an what, empanada. Turmeric's like reddish, yellowish, yellowish. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it looks like an empanada. Uh, they're hard to find out here. They're absolutely delicious. I used to eat them all the time when I lived in Buffalo. It's like a meat tostada. It's like a no, not a tostada because it's it's folded over. It's folded tostada over. is open. Okay, okay, well they call them I guess flying saucers when there's two here. No, it, it's nothing like that. Nothing like a. Flying you, don't, saucer. you don't want intermittent fasting eating. We're talking about food. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but they had them, and they had them with cocoa bread. And cocoa bread is this dense, doughy, delicious bread that is just slightly sweet because it's made with a little bit of cocoa, uh, uh, coconut milk. I'm feeling dense and doughy right now. And uh, you make a sandwich out of it. So you're basically double-carbing that meat. Oh, of course. And then pounding it down. It's not good to have mostly protein. you got to add the carbs on carbs. In uh, Buffalo, I ate a lot of pizza. Food pyramid's conspiracy. Go on. I ate a lot of pizza in Buffalo. Uh, wings. Uh, got my Louis Texas Red Hots. What's that? Uh, it's, it's a hot dog that has nothing to do with Texas. Uh, it has a spicy meat sauce on top of it, but not a chili. It's nothing like chili, really, when you have it. But it's a meat sauce. It's a very fine like meat Italian sauce. Italian meat sauce? No, 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 no. You'd have to look it up. It's weird. It's like a Hormel, like the, the skimming a Hormel can of chili? It's a lot of skims of things and spices. Um, there were garbage I left over in the pot. <laughs> and then uh, with mustard and onions. It's delicious. It sounds, I, I like a good hot dog. It's just hard to find a good hot dog. Um, and then uh, lastly, just blowing through all of these two weeks, I uh, hung out with my niece and my nephew a lot. That's uh, good. A lot of fun. 
uh, reminded me that I definitely don't want kids ever, but uh, kids can be a lot of fun. Um, we took my niece and nephew to the park. We took my niece to the Strong Museum. And holy shit, I, strong get, I have to talk about that. Um, so it was fun hanging out with them. The Strong Museum was... Um, really in shape from what I hear. Awesome. It's... it's What's that? It's really in shape. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, I uh, Strong calves. Uh, thanks to uh, Andrew Borman uh, there, who is the head of, uh, I believe it's Digital Preservation, um, for showing uh, Bonnie and myself around. Their archives are absolutely fucking insane. I mean, when I was I was talking to uh, uh, our like friend Frank and um, all the games for all the systems you can go look at in the, in the sealed baggies or whatever. In a way, yeah. um, not everything archives. is out like that, but, but it's archives. It's archives. They have all sorts of crazy stuff back there. They have um, they have uh, invisible monsters, which it's it's shaking my head. It's a proto. They have like. Like literal prototype cabinets that only one or two of in the world cabinets. exist. Um, okay. They have um, like Primal Rage two. No, they don't have a Primal Rage. But like that, yes. there's only a few of them. Um, they had some of the uh, Sega old electrical uh, electromechanical uh, games before arcade games became popular. So they had the big Gunman fight. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Did that come out here. It's or toys. I believe it was here as well. Um, Gunman fight. I think it's just called Gunman. Gunman, or so. Gunfighter Sega. Sega Gunfighter. Gunfighter Sega or, uh, Pinball. Okay. No, it's not Pinball. Oh, it's just Electromechanical. Yeah. Oh, that's like the, that, that, like the museum in San Francisco has all those old ones. But this one's particularly neat. Um, you can, like, knock the tops off of, like, cacti and stuff like 1983, that. 1983, Gunslinger. That's what you mean. Is that it? Let me see. I don't think so. 83 sounds way too early. 1983. It's, it's, it's like a fucking robot. Yeah, no, that's not it. Okay, that's something else that's cool. Um, Sega. There's a robot you fight. Gunslinger. Electrotechnics. God, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's Sega Gunfight. I love this sort of stuff. I'm looking at something totally different that I've never seen before. I'm surprised it's 83 because I never saw it. But they had old wood rail pinball machines in the back. I mean, this is massive. You can't. And most of these are donations, obviously, right? It's, yes. It's it's really hard to kind of comprehend how, how much work they are doing behind the scenes, and um, I really implore everyone. I mean, if you, if you're in that area, yeah. go. The ticket is like sixteen dollars, and the amount of stuff there is wild. And if um, you know, I don't want to say everyone, but they seem to be very very easygoing about. I mean, if you do YouTube, if you if you have any sort of research you, you want to do. Um, Generally filming, you can't really film back there. You can take, like, close-up photos and stuff. Um, But if you have any interest in that stuff, they seem pretty willing to work with people to find a time to get you back there to look at all that stuff. Gotcha. They want you to film? Okay. Um, Hey, DK. What's going on, buddy? Sorry. Yeah. So, anyways. I mean, that's... And most importantly... You got your garbage plate. I did. They uh, so Bill Gray's is a place in. I was not aware that that was the place in the um, in the uh, foyer courtyard entrance area. I can't remember what the hell you would call it. I don't know the word. Um, but Bill Gray's is a popular one in Rochester. Dogtown is probably the real big popular one. Nick Tahoe's was the originator, but people don't. It doesn't seem like people go to Nick Tahoe's that much anymore. Poor Nick. Um, but. Uh, Andrew actually uh, told me, he's like, the ones in the lobby are very good. The sauce is spicy. And I've never really had a spice. Like, sometimes they have a little kick. But the hot sauce is not generally hot. It's just called a hot sauce. Oh, this one had a, a real nice. Ian, I, I love had you. Had a real nice bit of pepper to it. Ian, I love you. Uh-huh. 
I, I want to hear about the garbage plate. I don't need a TED talk about the garbage plate. Okay, I'll remind you passing, of that next time you go on for 20 pa- minutes about your plumber. A, it was just a passing thing. Okay. I only talked for 20 I, minutes in the podcast about my plumber. I was going to bring up my plumbing experience, but that's okay. okay. Anyways, <laughs> uh, I'll keep that in mind next time you go off. Um, so, yeah, that was my trip. I was just going to say, I, I I just wanted the one-minute story version of the garbage. I, I, wa- mean to, I want what, many, many one-minute versions of the stories Ian, from you two. What were the ingredients of the garbage plate? I'm good. Let's go. Oh, go. wow. I insulted Ian. We've got topics. <laughs> well, no, we, we, we do have topics, Ian. But um, I was going to talk about what's been going on in my world a little bit. Hit me. All right, Ian. I'll keep it under a minute. <laughs> so the SNES book is being printed. It's at ultimatesnes.com. Ian's got to look at the look at the um, the digital. Did the you digital send me version. that? No, I didn't send it to you yet. I didn't send it to you yet. Uh, there and it's been uh, my life has been while well, Ian's been gone having fun on train rides and eating garbage plates and, and hot dogs and uh, strong museum. My life has been a logistical nightmare in terms of just getting my house in order and refinancing and plumbing issues and also uh, warehousing stuff. Uh, with the NES book and and the Super Nintendo book, you know uh, about that. But the but the Super Nintendo book, uh, the digital version's out, and then hopefully, hopefully, in two months, it's in people's hands. Uh, most of the uh, the pre-orders and backers at that point. Um, but Ian, we got a T-shirt. We do. Mom, man, if you've never been to the the shows, you may not have seen this available. Now it's on. Now it's on Teespring. The Mom, man, Super Friends. Uh, see you podcast shirt go to teespring.com slash my dash man dash see you podcast not sure why it's not all one word as Ian's alarm goes off here that was that was the, the alarm to end your garbage plate story uh, I'm teasing you Ian. don't be pissed at me this is our reunion show so this t-shirt will be available for 30 days in multiple colors but there's not just t-shirts Ian multiple oh no colors there's, there's not just t-shirts you can get the you can get the classic tee there's a die cut sticker you can get you can get a whoop it up towel. You can get a whoop it up towel. You can get the, the classic pullover hoodie. You get the mug is available. The woman's women's classic tea. Who doesn't need more mugs? Uh, the you can get also the um, women's flowy tank top. It's flowy tank top or the women's fitted tank top. So I'm the one that's a little flittery at the bottom. So I'll do this. I'll do this. How about this? If we sell 200 shirts, I will wear the men's tank top on an episode. If we sell 500 shirts, I will wear the women's flowy tank top for one CU podcast. I will that that's that's my word. 500 uh 500 uh sold, 500 t-shirts sold, I will do the flowy tank top. I'll do the flowy for 150 and a couple burritos. Okay. I'm not sure I can bind that agreement because people will be satisfied with that and Ian goes against our self-interest all the time in the CU podcast. But that's okay. I want the food. You want you want the food? You can't make side deals. So there it is, the my man shirt. It's teespring.com slash my dash man dash CU podcast there. So Ian, we had the uh, the D twenty three, right? Yes. That happened. So the D twenty three, I think they did three or four of these. It's Disney's Entertainment Expo. And I gotta admit, um I have no problem with these conventions, type of conventions happening, but the same thing with like the BlizzCon like you brought up where it's just weird to me where you're not celebrating a particular franchise or a particular game. You're celebrating a, a, a conglomerate, huge, monolithic media company. Yes. It, that to me is just strange and post, it's like, I don't know, postmodern and weird. And Yeah, I went into that uh, heavily when we were talking about the Blizzard stuff about how uh, it's it's... 
it's very weird to go and celebrate one company and only the things under their arch, but then also get... It's a really weird relationship, and it creates some very toxic shit between fans and people as well. Either you sure. go and you love it, or you're going to get upset, but it's it's enclosed. There's no way for... There's no other opinions there. You're just looking at their... Stuff. Well, you're, going, you're you're paying for this, and you know you're going to be upset. You're by paying something. to go to a convention in order to see what's coming next to buy or ingest more, but not again, not just like going to like a Star Wars convention or Star Trek convention or, or whatever. It's for whatever. D twenty three has been ten years. By the it's way, it's been ten years. Yes. They do them every year. They do them every year. They did it March two thousand. They started in March two thousand and nine. Okay, I don't remember the last one. Uh, last oh. year, last year, last year, if they did one biennial. It's, okay, it's every two years. Yes. So I am right. They've done like four or five of them. Okay. So um, it's it's weird, though, because then you have to ingest things you may not care about during these presentations where it's like, oh, I want to hear about that, but I don't care about this or there's other, there's other things going on. But again, it's just one media company. And now Disney owns like over half of the like the movie library that's ever existed at this point. So it's it's um, at least for the popular franchises. So it's just weird to me. But okay, if you if you enjoy it, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I just think it's a little strange yes. to want to go there. Um, so uh, in terms of the Marvel announcements, Ian, there was a, uh, some good stuff that was announced, some stuff I don't care about, but also some good stuff. So I'm just go down this this article here. So this is uh, most of this stuff is announced for the upcoming um, Disney Plus, which also now has the, the – they announced this thing that everyone's going to get where you get Disney Plus, you get Hulu, and you get ESPN Plus for like – it's like 12 bucks a month for all three or something like that. Whatever it costs. Really got you by the balls there. There's like no reason not to get it. It's like you don't, you don't want to lose money by not spending $3 more or whatever and buying it at all. Like that's basically what they've it's done. It's practically stealing. It's practically stealing. And honestly, with ESPN Plus, that's I think more they're trending towards to get you to watch like, premium like sports content and live content and UFC stuff. And, and if it Hulu, gives me access to basketball, I don't give yeah. a That's all I want. And then Hulu, um, Hulu uh, itself has live sports. As I see all the commercials for the marketing is working. And Hulu has obviously TV shows that you might have missed the week before besides Golden Girls and stuff like that. So um, it's a pretty robust package. And Netflix may not be in trouble right now, but trending towards that five, ten years from now, they could be in deep doo-doo because of something as powerful as Disney getting into the streaming. But anyway, so a lot of the stuff they announced to get you on board, these exclusive stuff. So um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think it's going to be awesome. They they announced um, uh, U.S. Patriots going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Who, who was Captain America at some point in the, in the late '80s, early '90s? He's a nutcase, but they they're they're working that in, and they're bringing back uh, the villain from from Civil War, uh, Baron Zemo, who's going to be back. Nice. So that's like really exciting because that that's one of my favorite villains. Yeah, he's great. And Baron Zemo is a pretty cool villain, and they're bringing back Sharon Carter, who we haven't seen in years. That they kind of forgot about Sharon. Oh, really? Sharon Carter. I didn't know that. They should, though, because if I was her, I'd be kind of like, where am I? I'm not in the Infinity War or anything. kind of <laughs> forgot about me. Uh, WandaVision, uh, it's, they're pushing it as like a half sitcom, half like adventure thing. I'm not sure if that's going to be like in her mind that she's living in a, in a sitcom. Like she's having like Scarlet Witch is having dreams of things. Either way, it's going to be interesting uh, there. And then, of course, that means that Vision's back somehow. Um, but then maybe she's not. Oh, it's entirely in Wanda's head. That's the theory. As she comes in terms... No, it's going to be all in her head. I think they're going to bring back Vision somehow. People, sure. People I mean, like Vision. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, the What If cartoon uh, story, we know about that. Obviously, um, it's going to be... You know, If you ever read What If in the comics, it's like, you know, what if Dark Phoenix didn't die? 
you know, what if what if uh, Hulk uh, died from the gamma bomb, you know, and, and didn't turn into Hulk David Banner, you know, Bruce Banner, I should say, you know, things like that. And then it usually ends up a hell of a lot worse. Like what you know, what if what if Daredevil wasn't blinded but had everything else, and somehow it's worse. You know, it's like the the worst case scenarios of everything, but it's fun. It's fun to, to get into that. Um, the Moon Knight series, Ian. You're a Moon Knight guy. I yeah. don't know much about Moon Knight. I'm super excited for the Moon Knight series, and I hope um, Moon Knight seems to be gaining a little bit of traction year after year. Um, but Moon Knight is uh, Mark Spector, a guy who got uh, basically his origins. He was like beat up and left for dead by the Bushman or the uh, Bushmaster. Bushmaster by Bushmaster. Okay, and um, uh, he essentially begins communicating with this spirit, uh, Khonshu, who kind of becomes a, a voice in his head. Okay. Um, to to break it down very simply, he is, and it doesn't necessarily do him justice, but he is essentially a Batman that suffers from identity disorder, dissociative identity disorder. Okay. Uh, sometimes, they, uh, sometimes schizophrenia, but he's, 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 he's mentally ill, and he communicates with this god, Khonshu. Um, he's a billionaire, so he a makes, billionaire. Yeah, so he makes a lot of money. Um, so he's yeah. like Bruce Wayne, but even nuttier. Right, exactly. Um, but it's a lot of fun, and his comics are generally out there. Um, he has had a few good recent series that I would suggest people uh, check into. Um, one's a six issue, but the other good one was, I believe, a twelve issue. It's been a while since I read it, but it was essentially what wow. led into. Age of Ultron, the the comic event. Okay, um, that was how Ultron came up. That's basically how Ultron got back out there. I remember him getting a teeny popular in the early '90s for a bit with like him and Ghost Rider, but it wasn't. It didn't catch on. I think at the time it was like, oh, people were interested in. That was the first time. I was like, oh, Moon Knight's a thing, but I don't think it ever. It ever got off the ground from there. Um, you know, he was still he was still like a C-lister, if you can call him that. But, I mean, he still you know. kind of is, but I, I like him, yeah. and his costume is great. The white costume. His costume cloak. looks awesome. So what's what's the meme about the uh, Dracula owing him money? I keep seeing. Where is that from? Um, well, he has dealt with Dracula, but I I don't. He's fought Dracula in the comics. Well, well, <laughs> one yes, and uh, I believe he has. And Dracula pops up in really good places. Um, one of my favorite short miniseries is uh, Captain Britain and MI thirteen, uh, and it ends with them fighting Dracula on the moon. Um, it's it's fantastic. Okay, I'm I'm reading the the background story to Moon Knight, and it, it sounds like just a Batman parody. That's that sounds like how it was created. Yeah, but I mean, I, I can see that being the former case. Marine turned mercenary. Mark Spector hops around the globe, going from job to job until he ends up in Egypt on assignment, and then he comes upon an archaeological dig, and through a series of mishaps, is left for dead, and then he hits his cut power. Wow. Okay, and then I'm really excited, Ian, about She Hulk. Yeah, She Hulk is a fantastic uh, property that. Uh, they couldn't. Uh, this is why I'm glad they got to terms. Because I think if Universal still owned this, they couldn't. I guess do a movie, but they can do a series. So this is this is kind of surprising to me. A She-Hulk series, and She-Hulk is good because it can be lighthearted. It can be procedural if you do the lawyer stuff, and um, it's a fun character. Um, and she's hot, uh, Jen. So cousin of of Bruce Banner. I wonder if they're going to keep the same sort of origin there or go off in some direction there. But She-Hulk was kind of surprising. Yeah, that's not one I would have thought of. But, I mean, a lot of the original yeah. ones weren't ones that I would have thought of. I would have never guessed Luke Cage. I would have never guessed... Uh, uh, Iron Fist? Uh, uh, Iron Fist. Really? Yeah. I would have thought those would be perfect sort of second, third tier guys to, to get it. But She-Hulk will be interesting just because, um, you know, she, she can still 
smash things around. But obviously, she's not as powerful as original Hulk. But uh, I I like the character a lot be- because um, there was a run when she was part of Fantastic Four in the eighties. A lot of people may not know that. Um, when when the I think the thing went missing on other planets, there was a time in the eighties where the thing got really popular and had like mini series and was off on his own adventures uh, for a while. So She Hulk came in and filled in the spot, and it was interesting because it was a different dynamic. Uh, I think it was probably for like a year or so, maybe like eighty three, something like that, uh, when She Hulk got popular. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing how that how that uh, works out. Okay, they're keeping the story the same: uh, blood transfusion from from Bruce and, that, and then Jennifer. Gets her powers. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, that'll be fine. And then Miss Marvel. I know nothing about this incarnation of Miss Marvel. No, absolutely nothing. So I can't comment on this. Um, yeah. I don't know if you do. Uh, Kamala Khan cre- created in 2015. So it's a new character, newer character. Um, oh, New Jersey High School. Okay. I'm in if it's New Jersey. I'm in. There you go. Uh, da 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 da. And that's coming out. And then the Loki series we knew about. That'll be obviously fun. The Black Widow movie. That's going to be cool. I think that's going to be cool. It's be interesting because that'll be obviously the only probably Black Widow movie we're going to get. Uh, yeah. You know, but that's going to be cool. Uh, there. And then uh, the, inter- the Eternals, I know nothing about. And everyone I talk to is like, yeah, I'll watch it. But I probably will watch it just because it's a Marvel movie. Um I'm starting to look forward to it more that I start seeing some of the casting decisions, like uh, Kit Harrington Harrington. is going to be in there. Okay. Um, And as much as I'm losing interest fast as we approach the end of uh, Game of Thrones, Vani and I, we were almost done watching it. Uh, I have continued to enjoy him as a character, I mean, as an actor. So I'd I'd, I'd watch that. I've never watched Game of Thrones, but if he's good, people are like, oh, he's going to be Wolverine. I'm like, really? You really think so? They're going to ask Wolverine like that? Um, I don't think he would have made a... (laughs) He could have, but nah. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther 2 is coming out 2022. The movie was last year. It's four years in between sequels. I hate when they do that. But okay, that's going to be 2022. Oh, we didn't mention about the TV show. They mentioned those characters we worked in the movies for the first time. Oh, okay. That. Excellent. So like Moon Knight can show up in a movie or some of these other characters. That's great. That's fantastic to do that. Especially since we're not sure we're going to have a Hulk again. So having a She-Hulk, I mean, it's not Hulk, but it's Hulk-ish. <laughs> it's someone green. Um, all right, so... Um, let's see. According to uh, Black Panther Two, according to this article, there, there, there's a well. No, that's I'm thinking. Craven the Hunter can't be in this now with, this, with the Sony thing happening. We'll get into. Um, I, I hope it's going to be uh, Namor, Submariner show up as a villain. They hinted at that in Endgame. That would be awesome. That would be a, especially with our with climate change stuff going on, and it's more prevalent than ever. That I think Namor should should definitely he was, he's going to come out swinging, and uh, Namor's the best. He's the best. He's like underutilized for some reason. He's not used as much as he should be. OG Marvel guy. Him in the cyborg human torch. Okay. Um, so then real quick about the Sony Spider-Man news is freaking awful. I I hope they're going to come to agreement. It's still early enough that they can come to some sort of agreement or some sort of compromise here to make it work. Because both, obviously both parties benefit from having Spider-Man. Yeah, I, 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 think, just... I think both parties benefit and I think they're both being very stubborn. I really don't care about the larger workings of Money Men, but um, yeah, it's dumb. I mean, it's it's not going to. If Sony had never done it, then that would be one thing. But now that it's in the MCU, to go back is going to piss off two sets of fans, or I mean, yes. just fans in general. You will people. You will have people that will say, "I don't want to see this." By yeah. default, whether or not it's a good movie, um, and now that they set up so much. 
through four movies or five movies they've set up this Spider-Man to pull him back and then have him just fight Venom and Carnage. I'm not interested. I'm just not. Yeah, in my, uh... I'm not interested in the dark Sony Venom verse that they're trying to do. I'm not interested in the. Uh, I'm not interested in the Morbius movie that I hope bombs. See, this is what's going to happen. You're hoping that if they don't bomb, these movies are going to do poorly. Like uh, no one's clamoring for a Morbius movie. I'm sorry, and no one's going to want to see uh, some of these uh, standalone movies. Like like if they do like a Silver Sable movie, no one's going to see it. So I mean, like it's going to take a few of these to fail. The problem was Venom did well, did better than expected, and so then they think they can do whatever they want because of that. I just I wonder the Venom thing. Everyone knew it was. It, it got out that it was bad, and then it became one of those it's so bad it's to see good it. yeah. thing movies. So people went out of curiosity. That's not something that regularly strikes twice. Sure. And maybe the sequel's good, but maybe the interest will be automatically declined because sure. of that. Um, Tom Holland's uh, heartbroken. He's like depressed because of this. I would be too. Because if, because if you go from having fun being in these Avengers movies and now you can't do that anymore, this is the most bizarre thing that's that's happened. In, in the whole deal is bizarre. But for them to, to pull this back, they gotta they gotta come on settle like twenty percent. Marvel gets like twenty percent of the movie take. I think that's fair. They put up twenty percent of the money. You're still making bank because I don't think it made over a billion dollars this last one, and Marvel and Disney produced it. Right. How do, the next one's not going to make a billion if it's not connected. Right, to one of the weird arguments that I've seen is that well, the one that won an Oscar wasn't the Marvel movie, and it's like, but the Marvel movie is the one that brought in all the you know over a well, bill. Sony was like hands off on that on the on the, the the animated one, and it didn't make that much money, unfortunately. So right. like, you can't make that argument commercially. It wasn't that big of a success, and they probably were hands off. Like when Sony's hands off, it's like George Lucas. When when they're hands off, it's a better product when everyone else is doing. Yeah, I just I don't think that once again I don't think that that that's gonna be a thing that hits twice. Remember how bad Amazing Spider-Man Two was. Just remember that everyone, how horrible Amazing Spider-Man Two was, and they were trying to do. Uh, an, an Aunt May movie infamously and they were trying to do these Sinister Six movies and that's what happens when Sony has full control they run roughshod yeah they bought the rights to it but Jesus Christ I wish it wasn't a lifetime thing which was like oh we'll give you the rights for 25 years 20 years because now we're dealing with this they uh, bought BS. lifetime rights as long as they make a movie every three years they have Spider-Man forever and ever and ever that's why there's been a Spider-Man movie every three years gotcha. um, there has to be uh, or the rights revert back alright and then uh, real quick on Star Wars stuff I don't care about episode nine. I'm going to watch it because I think it's going to be batshit crazy because I think J.J. Abrams is, is going to try to like reverse course on Last Jedi stuff and just do whatever the hell he wants. He basically said that. He basically said, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want on this last movie. But screw that. Mandalorians looks amazing. The Mandalorian looks really good. Uh, yeah, the Mandalorian. Uh, Part of the Mandalorians. <laughs> I, I don't get very excited for Star Wars stuff. Doesn't mean I don't like it. Because um, I enjoy about all of it. Like, The Last Jedi, whatever. It was a fucking movie. It was fine by me because I don't have this... I, I, it couldn't be better than that, and it couldn't be worse than that as long as it was entertaining to watch, which it was because I just don't have that much invested into it. Um, I, I just can't get that worked up. But at the same point in time, this sort of, like, the um, episode nine, it's like, okay, it's a, it's a stars movie. I'm going to go see it. But I do like the world. I just I've grown tired ever since the first trilogy. I mean, it, it, I, this is where I admit there are Star Wars fans, and then there are Star Wars fans that like the first trilogy who keep insisting they're Star Wars fans and don't like anything else. Um, I think the world is very unique. Um, so the Mandalorian is you know something completely to the side of what we've already 
scene. Yeah. It's it's a bounty hunter show simply set in a universe that I think is well crafted. So I'm excited to see that. The universe of Star Wars is more interesting to me than most of the characters in Star Wars. Just this this grimy, futuristic world where you have bad actors. It's not like I, I, I idealize like Star Trek. It's the exact opposite. It's just like you know, it's it's like almost like post apocalyptic almost in some of these worlds. And obviously the weapons are cool. I, I'm more into it for the I love the, the spaceships and the dog fighting. That to me is why Star Wars the first the first movie Star Wars was popular, right? This conversation on Twitter. People are like people are like, You can't have Star Wars without Jedi and lightsabers. Oh hell yes you can. Yeah you can. Because that first Star Wars movie, there was barely any Jedi crap in it. And and they were referencing it. It's interesting how much they switched up the Jedi stuff between the original and the original trilogy it was treated like yeah these are just weirdos ancient religion like you guys are just out of your mind this is something that happened long ago who cares and then by the prequels it was like there was a billion of them and it was like there was like some you know the population of jedi was too big and it became like watered down a lot and now i'm sick of it but the popular Star Wars stuff to me in the 90s, there was a lot of that crap that didn't rely upon Jedis. Shadows of the, of the Empire. A lot uh, of the novels. The video books. games, like like uh, the first Dark Forces and TIE Fighter and X-Wing. That had nothing to do with Jedis. And it was great. And so this is why, and people like Pat don't say that because they're going to have like Jedis show up. There might eventually. They might have one or two, but it's not going to be like... You know, like watching like the Clone Wars or those cartoons where it's all Jedi main characters and stuff. I have no interest in that. They're not interesting characters. I, I like Gina Carano in this. Carl Weathers in this. Werner Herzog is in this. The cast is insane in yeah. this. Yeah. The, the the effects look great. I, 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 when I saw Carl Weathers, I... You're, that's it. Apollo's in this. We're done. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> we're done. Like, we're, we're done. And then, obviously, um, the cinematography is fantastic uh, in this. And then, uh, yeah... And then uh, it's not it's not uh, it's not IG eighty eight it's IG eleven, but it's still there's the thing that bounty hunter scene in Empire Strikes Back with IG eighty eight uh, Dengar Forlom Bosk uh, Zuckus and Boba Fett yes I know the names um, was great because it gave you a hint of what else was in the universe and the fact that they were even like the the, the Empire didn't like the bounty hunters I'm like that's cool that's why these guys are great and now we're getting stories about them. Bosk has to show up as a villain at some point. Bosk is cool. That big lizard guy is cool. He's got to show up as a villain. Uh, a villain like, bounty, yes. bounty hunter. What's, what's that? I do like Bosk. Everyone likes Bosk. Everyone knows Everyone knows Bosk is in. You don't know who Dengar is, but you know who Bosk is. Or Zuckus there. Uh, anyway, so that's cool. All right, and that's uh, and that's our our, uh, our D23 roundup. So, Ian, did you, did you, did you uh, see my topic on the Retro Game Gold Rush? Uh, yes, I listened. It was a TED I talk. I know you don't like it. It was a TED talk. It was uh, forty-five minutes long, um, but it, it had to be. And I, I don't know that it did. Uh, I, <laughs> at, 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 I, I really don't know that it did. At twenty-two minutes, you're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm Speed gonna, up. I'm, I gonna, I'm gonna, gonna truncate it here. I did. And then you went on for another twenty-two minutes. All right, you can get your revenge on Pat. Punch me, um, punch me, Ian. No, I like it. But it's, uh, it, I mean, between the article and what you had to say, it was, it was a good two sides of a coin. Um, I did make a couple of notes. Two sides of a coin or two different... Like two... Two sides of a coin. Two different sides of a coin. Oh, two different sides. Two okay. sides of a coin. Sometimes you say it's two sides of a coin when it's the same side, kind of. Or, do you? No. I don't I know. think I, you do. What's that expression? I, I'm not good with expressions sometimes. Two sides of the same coin. Two but sides of the same two coin. two sides of the coin. It's the oh, I th- see, the expression is two sides of the same coin, meaning it's two ways of saying the same thing. This was two different sides of a coin. Anyway, you can go on. Are you looking it up? 
No, I'm, I'm pulling up my notes. Oh, you have notes on your phone? It's I, not, why I, don't you put it on the Google Drive? Because I, I don't know. I, it, 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 okay. I just have a few notes here. And okay. Then, uh, you can coax me with other stuff. Okay. But. Well, the follow-up was that uh, Danielle uh, wanted to, I guess, de- debate me or have a discussion. She contacted me on Facebook. She said that I, my that she said that my take was one-sided. When I was providing the counterpoint to what I saw was a one-sided, mostly article. So I thought that was interesting. So I created the other side. I mean, to the article. I, I do see that as a, a silly thing to say, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, honestly, the problem is is neither side is going to agree with the other side. Of course not. So it's it, it's it's not exactly it's opposed. It's not exactly a counterpoint on either side as it is just statements. This is what we have. There's there's nothing to really gain, I don't well, think, they're about pre- constantly they're, they're doing predictions. back and forth. Sure. Um, Except that here's the, the only difference is um, I'm not biased in my viewpoint. I don't have stake in the game in terms of giving my viewpoint of where the market's going. So I don't have investment in it um a couple of things i uh agree that yeah. they um that the people i thought it was strange the uh, whole love of the game thing the people talking about how they're getting into it because they have love for these games mm-hmm. um i don't i don't believe that it, the, it, it, especially in in the world of collecting I see this as sort of a manufactured thing, and I think a lot of people do. And it's happened before. You build up the hype. It was the same thing with the comics in the 90s. And magic cards. And magic cards. Uh, I mean, and everything. I mean, Pokemon cards. You know, I mean, anyone who comes out and is like, oh, I have this thing. It must be worth a lot, has somehow fallen victim to this sort of inflated sense, or this inflated idea of of worth and value. Sure. Um, The value. But I don't. With video game collecting having been around for as long as it has now, uh, and with the fact that I would say, in general, loose NES collecting is on the downward slope, it's hard for me to believe that a lot of these people who are jumping into it are suddenly jumping in because they have love for the game. Did you not have love for these games three years ago well, when it was popular? It doesn't fit the demographics, what they're saying. A lot of these these people that have this money, they're not in their 30s, they're in their 40s or 50s. I've met a couple of these folks, and it's like, you weren't you weren't in the demographics when the NES was popular. You probably didn't have it as a kid, so it's already false. Right. I'm not saying everyone, but I'm saying from some of the people I know, it's like they're a little bit too old to have been NES fans to um, begin with, or Super Nintendo. That said, I do disagree with you a little bit on the point of uh, if they were just in it for the love of the game, they would be fine with a a you know a, a complete unopened copy. I can't say what collectors are going to be into. I like having a sealed something well, or another every once in a while. I just think it's convenient that now that this this graded sealed game's available, now this is what I have to own. Sure, I, I get yeah. that, but I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call someone not a collector because they went with a sealed copy over a complete copy and they have a loose copy. I, who knows? I, I can't oh, say people what people like. These people aren't buying loose copies. Um, no, I know they're not. I'm just saying I, I wouldn't use that as a determining factor. Um, then let's see what else do I have here. Um, the difference in between what sellers uh, are slabbed and collectors want. Uh, I've actually, uh, um, I've dealt with this at the store. So the whole idea, um, you guys were using the Left Brothers Super Mario 3 yes. variant thing. Um, if, it doesn't matter if it's rare. If people aren't looking for it, people aren't looking for yes. it and people don't care. Um, you know, there are plenty of rare comics that, you know, probably had 15 made no one looks is looking for them. No one wants them. It doesn't matter. It's still just 
dog trash. It, it, it doesn't matter. So I used to deal with that a lot in, um, in the store when people would trade in and they'd be like, oh, well, it's, it's this variant, which is technically, a, you know, one of the gun smoke ones. I'm like, I'm not, we don't pay more or less for these. Oh, the gun smoke label variant? Yeah. Or um, okay. I, I actually had someone try to sell me a Super Mario 3 once. And we had well, a couple of times and we had, you know, anywhere between 15 and 20 in the back room. Half for me, probably. And they were like, you know, this is the more rare one, though. And you're like, OK, I can't sell it for more, though. I, and, and that's what I explained. They're like, but the, but they literally said, but less exist. So. And, and, and I feel like that's <laughs> like kind that's, of the argument yes. here. Just because less exists does not mean it's something that can easily be capitalized on. If no one cares. No one cares. And I, I tell people about it all the time. Like, if we have one of them, I'm like, look, this is cool. And they're like, yeah, I'll take the regular one. And people just don't give a shit. Or they're like, oh, I'll take either one. You have to manufacture the demand for that. And people have been trying to do that in the, you know, loose cart, complete, whatever, the normal collecting scene, I guess, well, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. They've been trying to do that for years. And it's not working in that segment of it. So now they've really got to try to build that up for, um, you know, this sealed box collecting sure. and it, it's they have to find these variants they have to find these first prints wherever they can because there's not enough of them right collecting yeah. stops it's it's not natural to suddenly force, force all of the these things into in, into collecting and I I have really whatever it, I have no beef with these people who are doing this and my reason why is NES is on the downturn it's not gonna. It's not gonna shoot up prices. I think for anyone who wants to buy these games socially to play them, I don't think it's really gonna hurt them. What I do think it's going to do is create a very insular market that is going to crash just like comics did. Well, and that's why again, I, I hope you didn't skim past that part. Or that's where I got, I guess, the most fiery because it was a big crap on video game dealers and sellers. Uh, no, I, that's, it was gigantic. That's what I was referencing. Was, okay, was that uh, and because not, not knowing, not, first of all, not knowing what sellers have to know. To be successful, but then not knowing the buyer's market of what game players and collectors care about. And that to me was so, it was just so arrogant for someone coming into the hobby to say that you guys should know better in order to manufacture this scarcity that people care about. If you try to push to the people coming to your store, if you had both Super Mario Brothers next to each other, and there's still a good amount of the fir- of the first print there. They're not like 1%. No, I um, see. I, I the, mean, in my stacks, I usually have one somewhere they're in like, there. If you want to say 10 to 20% even. You know, the first print was probably still millions or a million. So you have to p- sell products. So if you put both on the shelf and one, the regular one was $15, if you try to sell that first print run for 60 or 70 no one would care that came in probably. Most people was like, I just want the $15 yeah, one. no one would care. And that's the thing. Yeah. You can tell us that we, we should be looking for that stuff, but... That's not have, how you're making money. But we have. We've, we've been in this market for years, decades, and it's just some of that stuff to the regular collectors never mattered. Now, this is a new thing. Obviously, they can manufacture if they want, but I look at it and I, I shake my head, and it's you're going to have to preach that to an entirely new audience because no one who's already collecting video games is suddenly going to go, oh, you're right, I should give a shit about that. And, They're and, not going to. And I think the other thing that I probably... Well, I, I spoke about a lot. I forgot, I forgot to bring this up. Comic books, by and large, were printed for like one month. Sometimes for a couple of months, or they were quarterly back in like the 30s, early 40s. Video games were produced for years. Super Mario Brothers, uh, the, the black box one, was probably made for like seven years. They probably made it up to like 92. That's why there's so many printings. So when you have a, 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 a collector like me, um, to me, the material difference isn't that big that I got to go for the first print run of every single thing. 
Like my Clue Clue Land is probably a Rev A. It's not the very first one. It's probably like the one that came out, you know, late 86 versus like early 86 or, you know what I mean? So it, it doesn't matter to most of us. To us, we don't, we don't have a cutoff. To us, it's not a reprint. It's, it's just a continuation of the line, if that makes sense. That's how most of us look at these video games. And that's where I see the other difference being as well. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, I mean, it, it, it's to the point, though, where it's hard for me to even talk about this or want to because just because video games are the central item here it's two completely different worlds the, the rules that they've gone on are you know the, the things that they're building up it, it's like if someone took shoots and ladders and instead of like okay we play it this way and hmm we're gonna sort of adapt these rules for a new audience of of players uh-huh. they just take the same game and throw the rules out and rewrite them completely it's not it, it, it's at some point I, I can't equate the two or even compare the two because it's it's just because it's using video games, it's not the same in any way, shape, or form. I don't think the sealed collecting, like I said, will ever affect no. the regular collecting. It's, but, it's its own little bubble. And I would be surprised, and I could be wrong, but like on Nintendo Age even, there's very few people who like kind of bleed that line. There's very few that are like really into both. Yeah, there's very, very few, few that are really into both. both. And I don't know... I, it, it doesn't even seem like they're necessarily part of this new style of video game collecting, with the exception of a few. Well, they're priced out, and there's and it's just it's 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 a one percent game hobby. I mean, that's what it is. It's not for me or you. Like I said, I'll be interested to see what happens at Portland. This will be the first time these these collectors, you want to call them that, speculators, investors, are going to be at Portland this year probably because they were at too many games. Um, but like I said, for long at Long Island, uh, the, the, it was funny. The Wada guy was right. Next to us, he told me that he literally sold one game yeah. that weekend. Well, I so mean, that's just that's just what the market is. It's There's not, not that many people. It's not video game collecting. It's collecting as a hobby has found video games to collect, and it's, that's it's that's a, fine. If you, I mean, I you're collecting wealth containers. I think that's what my my favorite. They're wealth containers. Sure, the same thing that like high graded you know comics became like they're wealth containers. It's like buying art at that point. All right, we moving on. Yeah. All right, Ian. Speaking of overpriced, trashy games. <laughs> That collectors like. Uh, we had a Steam events discovery. This is like the the new age of gaming Aquarius this year. So finding NWC cards willy nilly, and finding finding Steam events. This is, this comes from our favorite website, Nintendo Age. This was a Canadian find. Uh, the user the user's name is Why Not Zoidberg, which is a funny, it's a good name <laughs> with a nice pixel. Uh, so they found they bought a hundred dollar lot of of Nintendo games. Um, sounds like it was from like an app, like like I guess like Let It Go, one of those sort of things. And he went over and he bought a lot of Nintendo games and realized as he was going that you know Steam Events was part of it and, and, and got this in a lot for a hundred dollars. This is this is a this is a one of those finds that you, you dream about uh, happening that you hear about. They they happens I mean it happened with that guy that. Nintendo Age hated a few years ago that found it at a yard sale. He did the video and they went after him thinking it was always fake. It was made up. No, he found it at a yard sale. It can happen. Yeah, still. And, uh, it can. And every time it happens, people are always like, well, that's the end of that. And it's like, no, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. I mean, and again, and again, until until it's like 100 years old or 80 years old. Like with Golden Age comics, you don't hear about people finding Golden Age comics anymore because not only have those people died that own them, but their grandkids are dead. So by the time it passes hands at least once or twice, you kind of know what you have. You kind of figure out what you have, 
You know, when was the last time a big golden age a lot of comics has been found in someone's like basement or you know or, or attic? It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, those... someone in their thirties is not gonna just randomly take Grandma's comic collection and throw it out on a table for a garage sale without looking yes. into it these days. But they might. I mean, if a grandma had it from, it's possible. But we, don't, I haven't heard of it. But for these games, these games are only thirty years old. So it's these people. The original owners are now selling them when they're ten years old, getting same events for some god awful reason. When they're forty, they're 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 getting rid of a lot on on eBay. So he said that I guess other people were blowing it up at the time when he was trying to negotiate, and he just sort of said, "Yeah, I don't have to test them. Just you know, just give me the games, and I'll right. go." Which of course is what you're going to do. You know, because I'm surprised, though, that, like, someone didn't, like, call or say, I'll offer you, like, $500 or $1,000 for this, you know, in order, in order to get it. He mm-hmm. got he got it for what the people wanted, $100. Yeah. Here. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a, you know, it's like an amazing sort of story that happens here. Anything else to add here, Ian? Or no, I mean, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Uh, uh, the, the, guy, the guy said he sold it. Um, immediately put it on eBay, and honestly, I probably would do the same. Oh, thing. is it on eBay already? Uh, well, it, it, I mean, it, 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 no. One of the responses says oh, he's sending to. it to eBay immediately. I don't know when if he actually did or not. Um, same events, fake one, fake one, fake one, fake one, fake one, pal, fake one. Here's one that's complete for seventy five thousand or best offer. I don't see it on eBay yet. Um, I see the same events. Any spiel, sehr gut, a complete in box, uh, German one, <laughs> German statement. That's it's not up yet here uh he had some more details in the nintendo age thread which will be linked here and why can't i easily navigate the thread here what's going on here why are the buttons not on the bottom uh you responded to it get there it was like 10 to 15 minutes after the person saw the ad it sounds like it was pretty quick because obviously i want to see the original picture now i want to see the original picture of the of the ad i wish that was available I want to see if it was like tucked away in the corner, and then obviously once you see it, you're like, "Holy shit!" Is this a uh, joke? No, he said he noticed it when he was in his car on the way over. He was already in the car on the way over when he noticed that there was a stadium event. So there. maybe it wasn't the main picture; it was like a, a secondary, maybe, or just like who cares? It's a sports game, so why take a picture of it, put it up front? Uh, he said it was like a contra and a battle toads there. Oh, battle toads alone, you got to rush over and get that right. That that peach of a game. <laughs> was that, is that like a twenty dollars game now? Battle toads, probably something like that. It's come down a little bit. We don't see it super often. I think we sell it for twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five. Here. All right. Anything else going on? Oh, here, oh, here's the picture. Uh, oh, in the thread, there's a picture of this. The main pick. Here it is. It was added. So the first main pick. This is why the main pick was was an NES. Uh, the red orange zapper and two controllers on top. That's the first picture here. Picture two has there was a there was a. A uh, 191 uh, pirate multicart, um, a Contra, a Battletoads, a, a Track and Field 2, a Galga, a Top Secret Episode, woo! Super Mario Duck Hunt, a Fellow, ta- Taboo. That's a weird mix of games. How far down Winter was games. It? I don't see it. It's it's second row, second. Oh, second Ice game. Hockey, Star Tropics. This is the most ecle- Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle, Final Fantasy. The most eclectic mix of games. Like that's a good mix of games. And for statements to be thrown in there is really odd, especially if there was no power pad or family fun fitness pad in the lot here. Or that's, anything else. That's really weird. That is weird when you, when you see something like that. It almost is a joke. But that's why. Maybe he was able to get it. It wasn't the main picture. You figure, why not put the console with, with the games? That's on page three if you see that. Or, or page... I don't see the picture at all on page two or page one. It's on page four. Sorry, page four. It's, uh, it's like four posts down on page four there. So there, there you have it. That's, that's really interesting there. Uh, right there, the pictures. 
Uh, this is a lot. It's isn't it hilarious that such a collectible treasure is just lying here, looking snug between ice hockey and taboo. Well, because they're both better games. Even taboo is a better game this day. So that's why it's sitting there. Uh, yeah, I think it's something that I would probably have to double. Like, I probably would glance over it at first, gloss over something like that, and then I have to look, look back and say, "What was that?" And then like zoom in on it uh, to get that. Some of the games have looks like uh, bar, like one. Oh, the, the Super Mario Duck has a barcode on it. So. I'm guessing this this might have been a collector that just compiled this stuff and didn't realize the value might, might have gone up in 20 years uh, to get to get these mixed games. Oh, there is oh there is a family fun fitness version of Athletic World there. Oh, okay. So this person did have that makes sense. Though. Did have the family fun fitness pad. Whoever originally had these games had the fitness pad. That's not so weird. Though. Back in '87 when they sold it for like six months, uh, you know, or, or less depending upon your information, you might get from an NES Punk video with me and Ian hitting each other in the ground for staying in this cart. Uh, oh yeah, there was that. That was funny. You're still in pain. Though. I'm sorry. Sorry, I got a couple shots in you for real there. Put a couple. Yeah, New, New Japan forearms. I put to you. No. A little sore. <laughs> a little sore. All right. So there you go. I think I think it's a fun story that the stuff still is found here. Do people? Some people feel bad about the original seller not knowing what they have. You know that that's sort of that's sort of the risk of putting this stuff up on here. You know. Yeah. So all right. Well, just don't 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 tell them I can feel bad. I wonder if someone called. You know what you just sold? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, all right. Moving on, Ian. Uh, Ian, there's a new Kickstarter for uh, you know Coleco Holdings LLC, not the original Coleco people. Ah, Coleco Holdings LLC just brings such a warm fuzzy to my yeah, heart. Yeah, uh, oh, it's just a, just an organic. I, lo- I love my holding LLCs. You love your holding LLCs. Yes, they're holding the name hostage, the trademark for Coleco. Well, they did they did their first uh, their first uh, batch of uh, tabletops. Um, they had their, they had the, obviously their, their failed relationship with the Coleco Chameleon. They had their failed Coleco Expo. And they're trying to find how can we use this name that we shouldn't own uh, in order to make money off of it. And so they were successful with the Rainbow Bright uh, Coleco tabletop alongside no, the Robo, um, um, Mac, Robo, uh, Robotech. Robotech, which I think was a Game Boy Advance game. Yes. But the Rainbow Bright was an original game that was programmed. I think Frank Safali tweeted about that. There's, a, there's still a guy programming stuff like this. So now there's a second batch. 17 days to go. Uh, this might hit the goal. 17 days left. 65,000 goal. When we record this, it's, it's, it's $16,611. Only 133 backers. I wonder if people want to go in for a second batch of these. Because the first time it hit the goal. I forget what the goal was offhand. I can look it up. The first goal. But they're doing a, a berserk. They're and, doing So they're uh, doing one. It's Berserk and Frenzy as an all-in-one. However... You can get different... So basically, okay. it, um, I, I love VFD display stuff. Like, I, I'll sit around at night and read Handheld Museum and all that crap. Um, Berserk was originally set to come out along with Omega Race, I believe it was, uh, in 81 or 82. Whatever, before they canceled it? But yeah, they never did. Okay. So um, the red uh, Berserk one is what the original... Um, it's more or less what the original uh, arcade um, shell was supposed to look like. So that's your limited edition one. Um, way to go. Sorry, Don. So that's your limited edition one. Then they're obviously doing another one that is Berserk. Uh, it, the, the art is different. Uh, it has both Berserk and Frenzy um, logos on the marquee side of it. And, uh, you know, um, then different side art. But uh, both of them are... Uh, two-in-ones. Okay. So, um... The evolution of the Mini Coleco evolved. This is what's... 
interesting to me is that again anyone can make these you don't need the coleco name to make these you could come out if i had the rights to do to the game i could make one of these myself i don't need coleco's involvement they're trying to push that it has to be coleco it absolutely doesn't anyone can make a tabletop their own tabletop sure they don't coleco holdings doesn't own the the property of a tabletop um my thought so I was discussing with a friend the other day about this. Um, I I kind of think the if if you were a collector of these and you had all these old ones, the Berserk one in its original shell could be cool. To could complete be cool the set. to complete the set. And like if they, especially if they did, it would have been in- more interesting to me actually if they did did Berserk and Omega Race instead of you know two different shells for Berserk. Gotcha. Um, I'm a big I, Berserk fan. I like Berserk. I I can see Frenzy. I can see why that Frenzy is just the sequel. You've never played Frenzy? I've never played Frenzy. Let me see. Oh. For, I actually played Frenzy first before Berserk. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. It was at, uh, I, I don't know, it was an arcade machine at some place where I went slutting when I was a kid. Let me see Frenzy. So, I get it from that aspect. It would look pretty cool in the lineup if you have all the original ones in nice condition. In general, though, I, I'm with you. I still don't understand how these sell the way they do. I mean, I, I realize that nostalgia is a powerful drug, but at the base of it, these are a seventy-dollar. More than seventy. The early bird seventy-nine for the berserk. That's the early bird, according to this. Oh. Seventy-nine dollars, and then eighty-nine for the special edition. What the hell's in the special edition? What? Get the. Oh, get... the special edition is the one that looks like the. Uh, looks like what it should have looked like in eighty-one. Okay, I That's see. That's the special. The edition. red one. Yes, the red one. So the regular one seventy-nine. Gotcha. Okay. So, Jesus, uh, back to what I was saying. Oh, but in general, I don't understand these. They're 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 expensive and they're they're tchotchke. It, they're, to me, it sure. loses a lot of charm when it's on a LC, not an LCD screen, and it's one game or in this case two games, well, and they look nice. But I'll tell you what. It's a lot better than the Rainbow Bright one and the, and the Robotech games. Sure, it's cool. How, because those, first of all, the Rainbow Bright one was like an adventure game. Who the hell wants to play an adventure game yes. on a little thing? And, and then playing a GBA shooter game on that, it doesn't make any It doesn't even go with the time period. None of them do. At least these are in the time period. Yes, and that's like I said earlier, that's why I kind of understand Berserk a little bit. Um, but you, you threw me off. I'm sorry, Ian. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't let you finish your garbage plate story. I forgot um, about that. No. What was I saying about this? God damn it. Oh, but other than that, I don't see any charm. It's 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 an LCD screen. It's a plastic shell. Oh, no, there's no you charm You can make it. There's no charm. If these were, and I know you can't, but if if these were like reproductions of the VFD ones with the vacuum fluorescent displays, at least there would be that interest in look at what we could have done with the stuff. Look at what we did with the stuff back then. If someone look, can produce them, still. yeah. Sure. Look at look at this. This is very interesting. Versus um, faking it with the with the yeah. This LED, this is LED an interesting you know uh, this is an interesting piece of history that has been recreated for you to look at. Um, and I mean, I always enjoyed them. I thought that it was very neat how much they could actually get done with those. Um, some of those oh, are actually sure. pretty fun. I, I was shocked that the original one. First of all, the original ones they were only forty five dollars. They're doubling the price for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, they're forty five dollars for the Rainbow Bright and the Robotech one. And those, to me, I hated because they had like the like widescreen view. It even have like the the regular arcade uh, right. screen perspective. So that was backed by Ian. Seven hundred and thirty six people got those. Mm. My feeling was either they realized this is not 
something I'd want to repeat the experience of or, or realize that maybe they weren't that well made. I don't know. But the fact that this is lagging so far, this Kickstarter, doesn't bode well. Um, this really would have been the one to start with. Yes, I was going to say that. I think the Goodwill, I think they got whatever cheap game, they, they, they got the Robotech one, which doesn't make any sense at all. Rainbow Bright doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, for the time period, it does, but it wasn't a game that came out back then. They weren't arcade games. Right, you're, you're, they you're, weren't arcade games. You're throwing a garbage game into a, a fancy-looking shell. If you had at least kept with the theme... Simplicity, arcade I think if games. you had kept with the theme, the arcade games, actual arcade games, I think you could have... Um, I, I think that momentum might have been better. Or if you remade a Pac-Man, even. Get the rights to remake the Pac-Man one. Or the Galaxian. You know what I mean? Like, do something like that, you would have went further. So the, on, the only thing I can think of in terms of these ones being more expensive is, is maybe the licensing. I, um, okay. And I, I'm not saying it's because Berserk or Frenzy are... Or they, they, they got to get these made. Well, I they had to get them made. But also, um, Berserk and Frenzy are Stern, which is still very much around. Who the hell owns the Stern? Who owns the Stern properties? Stern. Stern's still around? I'm Stern Pinball, Pat. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I forget <Jesus>. that. <laughs> Christ. Why did I not think about it? Do they still own the arcade games? Think? Okay. As far as I understand, they still oh, they're own giving the rights these, They're giving the that. rights away for pennies. No one cares about Berserk in this day and age, eh, obviously. Stern, Stern likes to charge for things. I mean, they're a business. I'm just yeah, saying it's probably cheaper than getting the, 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 uh, the rights for a Rainbow Bright thing, you know, uh, 25 years after it means anything. I think they're both dirt cheap, probably, honestly. Um, special edition early backers seventy nine two hundred unit limit. So they're really they're really charging ninety dollars. It's double. It shouldn't be double the price. That's weird to me. They're doing the two pack and they're still. But se- it's two games in one. But that's people aren't buying it for the game quantity. They're buying no. it for the physical no, object. We don't need both of those versions. Um, and then they're selling uh, the two original Robotech and Rainbow Bright ones for one hundred and thirty dollars. Which again, that's like that's like double the price of what they were originally almost. No, I thought I thought they were 70 when they originally came out. I thought there was an early bird backing at like 45, but yes. I thought they were 70. 45 bucks. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, early bird. For, for they early bird 86 45 rainbow bright 200 Robo, Robotech ones did better, 45. Then they went up to 55. A chunk of them were, you know, a chunk of them were sold at forty five. Oh no, I'm just saying, I'm pretty certain their final selling price was sixty nine ninety nine. Where was it? What if store? You ran out it? of all that bullshit. I'm just. I was going to say. Think that was the MSRP, which doesn't mean they followed the, it. But. The MSRP in my mind, my mind's uh, video game store. Ian, there was no, there was no retail store that was. I think I, that's these. why I said MSRP. <laughs> well, people can't hear the air quotes on the podcast. No, they can hear my sarcasm. Air quotes. Anyway, okay, so I think we both agree that this is is it be a cool idea to get the old school one. That's fine. Um, I'm a little bit still disturbed by the um, I'm disturbed by the the promo video showing all the old original Coleco stuff that there was a different company that made the original tabletops. Also, it drives me nuts that all of these have default four buttons. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you. That rarely need it. I mean, that's yes. obviously. Eh, we're just using the shell. The original Colecos all have different layouts for the most part. Yeah, they all have different. The Pac-Man one's different from Donkey Kong, which is different from Galaxian. There, that to me loses some of the charm. You're yes, right. It does, but it's cheaper. It's less tooling. It absolutely is. But you would think that, well, for, yeah, you only need one button for Berserk to yeah. shoot. Right. Should have pointed up. See, if I was doing this, Ian, sorry, I'm thinking bigger. If I was doing this, I'd have all of them lined up to redo the older properties, get the rights to do it. You probably wouldn't get able to get the Nintendo properties, but you'd be able to get the Namco ones, uh, probably, to do them. Well, the Nintendo that, ones, were, were, were those Coleco? Coleco made up. I'm saying you wouldn't be able to get the rights from uh, right, Nintendo okay. again. No, I just wasn't, I, I, I forgot that they 
they had their Game and Watch ones, but then they also had Game and Watch ones. I think came after yeah. the Donkey Kong yep. one uh, there, which was which was a great one there. All right, are we moving on, Ian? We're from this, on. yeah. So go check out the Kickstarter. Maybe it's a good product, but uh, yeah, if, I don't know how many more of these they can make for people who don't care anymore. Okay, what's the next topic here? Uh, so. A emulator is now. Uh, emulator. This, this article comes from Kotaku. Our, as, our, as, our friend Chris Kohler, as many as many do. Chris Kohler's on a hot streak again, being talked about on the podcast every week. Uh, Ethan Gotch and and Chris Kohler. So Chris Kohler is doing the Nate Dog. On oh, he's Nate Dog in it. He's doing the oh, Nate I didn't Dog see the other name. This. Okay, sorry. I, I feel like he must be the, doing the Nate Dog. <laughs> I wonder how his singer voice is, Chris. I don't know. Probably not as good as Nate Dog's. It's no offense to Chris, but Nate Dog had a wonderful, wonderful Rest voice. Rest in peace, Nate Dog. <clears throat> um. So the developers behind RetroArch, uh, the uh, I believe RetroArch is behind like the RetroPie and stuff like that. The the kind of the popular all-in-one emulation. It's a package of emulators. Um, uh, group heading uh, the the developers. Um, they have started implementing something that translates Japanese text to English um, as you play the game. Um, there is a a new f- feature called the AI service button, I guess. And you press it um, while you're playing uh, an emulated game. And uh, I don't see it here, but I would have to assume you have to have the internet connected. Um, and it basically, I'm sure people have seen this. Google, especially on like a phone, you can take a picture of something in a foreign language and tell it what language it's looking for and what it's going to translate it to. Or sometimes it could detect it, can it? Well, yes, yeah. So, and then it, it basically puts the translated word over um, the the foreign language word and gives you a rough idea of what you're reading on the image. On the image. So this is using something similar concept. This it, it's using it directly. Okay, it's okay. Using, here's the, it's I'll using the Google API. It's using okay. Uh, RetroArch's new AI ser- service button. I think that's funny. Service button uses a Google API to scan whatever is being displayed on the screen and does a check to see if any of it registers as Japanese and translates it into English. You can map the command to a single button. Well, that'd be cool on a controller that you can press anytime you need to translate something. In image mode, the game pauses and the translated text pops up in a new text box. While in speech mode, a robot will actually read the words out loud to you while the game keeps running. There's a uh, typo, uh, Chris. There's two games in a row there, sorry. So that's very interesting. Now, obviously, the uh, success rate of it isn't always accurate or no. very high, but it's a start. And, you know, the, 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 Google, um, the Google service has been uh, increasing in its, you know, its, its uh, accuracy. Well, it's machine learning. And its reliability, yes. So, Which is key. So the more it uses itself and learns what's wrong and what's right and feedback, it'll, it will get better. Exactly. So this is something that I, I see... Um, becoming popular very quickly. Oh, this is great. There are, you know, translation patches out there for many games, um, you know, especially the more popular ones. But to be able, uh, for instance, for me, I I don't remember, like, any of the Japanese I took. Um, Fire Pro. Well, we don't need to anymore. It's in English. Um, Damn it. But, uh, you know, I could... <laughs> but for the old games. <laughs> I, could, I could take something from a menu screen from one of the Mahjong games I have that I don't understand and, and get... Get something that is It'll reasonable. It'll be enough. It's You'll be able enough. to figure it out. Right, exactly. It may not be, you know, if you're playing, like maybe the story in an RPG might get butchered, but you'd probably still be able to follow along at least. So I think know. this is really exciting, this not even great. so much for RPGs and whatnot, but I think this is really exciting for people who do not know Japanese, who are into uh, 
niche and weird games that don't necessarily have a following or um, you know wouldn't be a candidate sure. for a translation patch. Yeah. This is going to be really cool for that stuff. Like I'm excited. I can start looking at. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I can really instead of just playing through the normal modes, I can really like break down the. Um, I can really break down the menus and the options in a lot of these games that I've never been able to because I just don't have the time or the knowledge. So obviously the nuance is the nuance of the Japanese language is different than English, so it's not going to be hundred uh, percent. I was talking about uh, looks like uh, something from was this from Earthbound? It's Earthbound uh, from Mother Three. Um, okay. So the first screen, for instance, uh, Chris did the uh, translation here. It says, "I stepped on a mole cricket. I wonder if it's okay." The machine translation uh, gets tripped up on the insect name. It says, basically, it says, it was Okara, but I wonder if it was all right. So it's taking some, okay, I see what it's doing. Yes. Yeah. Because the name of the insect is part of another term or, or word. It's it's breaking it up. That can happen, obviously, uh, some of that when you're translating, if, you're not, if you don't know the difference. So then they they have a second one where that translates everything correctly, but misses the nuance, the um how you would read into a language essentially it says okay every uh, everyone it's time to eat the other one says which literally translates to um ah everyone is rice everyone is rice yes gotcha so all right it'll get better i think it's impressive and it happens with very small delay looking at the video it's like especially when it speaks it's like a second and a half then it starts read, reading it that's, that's crazy it's crazy Machines are taking over, you know? but of course it starts with video games. Oh, and yeah, and here, and here, someone says, or here, Chris or Ethan says, basically the machine learning translation works well for when you need to know a specific command prompt or an idea of what you're supposed to be doing. So yeah, exactly for for just like yeah. menus and commands and single one-off hey. words on retro games, like that's I, I I'm uh, stupid excited. About I, that. I need to know how to. I don't need to take pictures. I need, to, I need how to do know how to do the AI and, and Fire Pro Six Man Scramble on Saturday. I I, I would have needed this versus the print the fifty page dot matrix printout that I had. Uh, you know, following along it wasn't dot matrix, but you know what I mean. Like uh, that I, I had great. one for G, and it was like yeah, it was it's, like forty five fifty pages. And, and I took my AI seriously, so I literally had to go down. <laughs> what happens twenty percent of the time when the guy's in the corner? Yeah, and, and he's then, hurt. And then it's like so. everything is, uh, um, you know, you count down wrong yes. and then everything is off and you're like why the fuck is it why off? is my wrestler why is disco not wrestling the way i want him to <laughs> why wrestle? is disco not dancing <laughs> why is that doing his leg lock that he can never get right i can't do that sorry it's a deep cut with disco there uh, anyway all right uh, this is this can only get better and i wonder if this will have uh applications for uh for like indie, indie games potentially versus maybe you can build this in uh to an indie game without having to pay someone to localize it even if you know mm. it'd be better to localize obviously we're a ways off from that, away from yes that? i mean I, it's I, a first step i mean at least as a way to yeah there's ways to probably implement this to get like you said implement it into an indie game just so people over here can, can play do it. it before it gets you know yeah. if it's not going to get if a release if i can't localize it to japan at least they could have a go at it exactly and do it and, and get get what's the opposite of english if it's bad and you know there's an, there's an op- opposite to romanji so try to translate English badly to Japanese. <laughs> Never thought about that. All your bases are belong to us, but the Japanese version of it. All right, moving on. Uh, Ian, we have a scumbag. Scumbag. Seller. Seller. The week. We do. Oh, God. This comes from Twitter. This was alerted to us on Twitter. Uh, the original person talking about this was... Um, at tab mock 99 so i it was an instagram video because it's square they posted it on on twitter 
advertising uh, basically a retro pie system uh, from glow glowtrue.com g l o t r u e and if you go to glowtrue.com it's some sort of one of these like drop shipping websites where they're selling a bunch of tech garbage and on this site they they're selling this uh, retro pie system what was it 100 bucks 150 bucks uh, it's almost immaterial to me what what that is the problem Ian, is this in their video here when you watch the video they are pulling content from online creators for use in their video uh, they're using pictures uh, looks like animations that was taken. I can't. I gotta find who the animation was taken of. They uh, they took they took a, a Dungeons and Dragons uh, uh, a long play from World of Long Play. They took an animation according to Tabbok from uh, Pac Man Don't Be Bad. They took uh, an animation and put it in their advertisement. And then they also took Ian uh, a quick shot of James Rolfe from an AVGN video. Where he's wearing a Star Trek outfit. So that's like a, a, a over 10-year-old AVGN episode. You know what I love? You know what I love? What do you really like? They Ian? had the balls to put a floating watermark on this video. If, if oh, with their it. website and yeah. with them, with Glowtrue? Yeah. Well, the Glowtrue makes sense of his Instagram. But I also love the fact, Ian, that you know it's not just the World Wide Web. It's the uh, weird World Wide Web because it's www.glowtrue.com. There's four W's, Ian. Oh, look at that. Yep. So right we're talking there. the highest level of craftsmanship that goes into these videos to do this, to sell your shitty retro pie device that you can buy anywhere else that that has that you're pushing on on uh, Instagram. I'm not. I don't know a lot about Instagram. I just got into it with the advertisements. I don't know how it's pushed. I guess it's sponsored. Yeah, sponsored Instagram posts. Instagram that, doesn't stick for me. Doesn't stick. Well, Snapchat does it for me. Even though you Snapchat that I, booty clap. Uh, I mean, that's a fantastic track, but I don't know how to use <laughs> Snapchat either. It's, that's how I know I'm too old. Um, I'm trying to find it on the website now. I'm trying to find the, 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 the actual listing, and I can't find it. I think I asked someone to send me the link uh, to this here. But just the, the cojones. The cojones to not only infringe copyright when it comes to the games, but now the content creators uh, reviewing or talking about the games and using them. I'm, I'm pissed that, it, that James's face is on this. That, that's slimy as fuck. Yeah, it's, uh, it is. It's slimy, but they know that a lot of people aren't likely to go after them. Or care. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, anyone who's selling ROMs is not exactly... Ooh, oh, that's a good stretch. Um, anyone who's... <laughs> okay. Wow, that was great. Anyone who's uh, selling ROMs is not likely to be oh, there yet. I found the ad. Excellent person. So it was, it's, uh, it's the RetroSys2019 underscore 2. This, the, the retro cyst? Cis. S-Y-S. Not a cyst. This is a cyst. <laughs> okay. I literally thought you said cyst. And I was about to be like, are we back in the Nesticle and Genesis era? Exactly. 22,000 plus games. Here, they got the balls. They're selling it for half off at $150 for a retro pie with two crappy USB uh, PS2 controllers that looks like they swapped the image because the cross pads on the right and not the left. I don't know if they don't they're not even competent in their Photoshop skills. Look at the picture. I'll, I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it in, in the, the in the. Uh, I'll put it in right here. Oh, it's actually right there. The second link, Ian. Second link right here. The second. All button. right. Click on that. And the, but the balls to sell this for one hundred and fifty dollars. And Ian, that's fifty percent off. It's usually two ninety nine ninety nine. Ew. Ill what the price or or the or the image that they fucked up? I mean everything, but the controller. It's backwards, right? Yeah, and I I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what you got. 
You think they produced it? No, they didn't produce their own PlayStation controller with the buttons backwards. That'd be funny as hell. They totally could. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's what you got. Because they were probably like 50, they were probably like five cents on the dollar. <laughs> Less? And so they got them? Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> Your ill was cute. You're yeah. ill. Oh, they're wired controllers? Okay, they're USB controllers. Gross. The whole thing's gross. 2019 version plus five controller pack? Oh, uh, if you go down, you can get you get a USB controller pack of uh, a Genesis six button. You get the, a PlayStation 2 with the buttons correct, so maybe they just screw up the Photoshop. You get a cheap Super Famicom controller, an N64 controller, an NES controller. Uh, for $50, $10 each for those. When those are like probably five dollar controllers. Wow, neat. By the way, so all right, this this whole thing is just we. I never thought of, we talked about a retro pie. Your face is funny. You're just like disgusted at all, right? Whoa, <laughs> that controller! It's, oh, I can't. I don't know. That's I, doing a weird thing to my brain. I don't like. I it. think they just they swapped the they they I, just swapped the Photoshop. I've left seen to right. plenty of awful controllers in my day to know that maybe they just they screwed up the order. They just screwed up. Yeah, maybe they just don't care. Hey. We're not. We're not. We're, it's it's right-handed friendly. We're not maligning this. This is what they're advertising in the picture. So this is a horrific campaign, horrific product. Uh, this again, this is like a drop shipping site. They're selling stuff like uh, they're selling uh, Ian uh, um, a dog dog headphones. Is that right? Uh, if you go to the first page, uh, best seller, they're selling they're they're selling dog headphones to for them to listen. What the hell is this? Low noise pet hair clipper. Oh, low noise. Okay, the dog can sleep, but there's earmuffs in the picture. <laughs> you put earmuffs on your dog while you while you clip them. What is this? Is this for real? I don't know, man. Or is just earmuffs in the picture just to get get across the fact that the dog can't hear? Now I'm now I'm just having fun looking at bad controllers. Sand free. Oh, beach oh mat. shit! Look right away, like immediately. There's a PlayStation controller that has the buttons on one side and the D-pad on the other. Another picture of it? I just uh, Google image searched uh, bad video game controllers. So someone did make that potentially? Yep, someone definitely All made right. that. All right, well, a GlowTrue, GlowTrue, G-L-O-True.com. Uh, you are the scumbag, scumbag seller, seller of the of week. week. week, week, week. Ian, <laughs> you're, still dis- you're more disgusted by that than I thought. Ian, we have a Patreon poll topic. We do. Uh, you go to uh, patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, Good to you, have you back to, to, to do the show. You uh, you pick the the item like an automat. Like an automat. It's you, like DoorDash. You it's pick, like, it's you like pick ordering the item, item and you poke it and <laughs> you, you swipe the card. It's like being a, it's like being one of those newfangled uh, airports where you don't have any waiter. You, right. just, you just do it. And there it is. And then it pops out. Ian's writing that he's supposed to get done yesterday. It was going to pop out. I will get one done. Uh, I, the last one was uh, on patties so that was posted last week. I posted I posted one in Ian's stead on on the difference between uh, East Coast and West Coast pizza, New York New Jersey pizza. Very important. I wanted to detail. Very very important. Very important to know um, that. I'm right up. Uh, so yeah, oh, and we have a we have a question though. So, uh, people ask us questions here. Questions. Well, no, it's a Patreon poll. It's a Patreon probably. poll. Pastry poll. <laughs> pastry poll. Pastry poll. You're pole. falling apart. In third place, Ian, what was in third place? Third place was what would your ideal game collection ki- consist of if price was no object? In 17%, second place... 17%. 17%. Second place was favorite fast foods. That's 28%. 28%. That's good. And what classic arcade games do you just not enjoy playing? That's Woo. 55%. You want to start or... Here I'll I start. am with a spicy one. I fucking hate 
Space Invaders. I cannot oh. I cannot stand Space Invaders. The original Space Invaders is not fun to me to play. There have been versions of Space Invaders since that I like, but the original Space Invaders is one of the most upsettingly unfun games I have ever played in my entire life. I'm not I think far it's, off. I think it's miserable. Uh, it's incredibly <laughs> it's incredibly stressful. It's slow. It also I'll go back to stressful, um, and then I'll go back to slow and not fun and also very stressful. I hate that game. I was I was gonna say that was lower on my list, but I don't enjoy the original Space Invaders either. Oh, it sucks! You, I don't like the single shot action. No, there's not enough to ca- to hit every. It's it's a, there's a reason why there was a, there was a coin shortage uh, in Japan and why it's the most important video game ever, bar none, according to North Gaming Historian. No, um, it's important. I, I'm it's, not saying it's, it's not important or it shouldn't a, be explored or it's not. No, it doesn't have its place. It's a cheap game. I just hate it. It's an important game. Game history. It's a cheap game. You cannot. Most, I'd say, ninety percent of the people cannot get past probably the second screen with, without their quarter being gone. I can probably get to the third or fourth, and then I'm done. It's not built for you to be successful. It's built to kick kick your ass. First of all, I'm but sure more, there are people who are good at it. No, I'm no. sure there's a way to be good at it. But there, I, there's I, a way it to be good at it. Never be me. But I'm, I'm, I'm just me. telling you this. I think you can learn Pac-Man a lot easier than you can learn Space Invaders, even, and learning the keys and how to get around. I think so. A Space Invaders is just you better have every shot hit everyone by the third screen, or you're done. You're done. And then it starts speeding up, gets to the bottom. The shields suck. The shields do do more that you can't get. The shields suck. I'm sorry. Don't need the shields. I'd rather not have the shields. I'd rather not, almost, at that point. It, it's I re- Just from the earliest age, I remember it being like one of the first video games where when I was done, I was like, oh, this isn't good. It's this not good. fun. It's, I mean, it's this important. It's not fun. This me upset. Dare, this- I, dare I say it did not age well. Probably immediately yeah. it did not age well. And then they had Deluxe and no one cared about. Galaga. Play Galaga. Play Galaga or even Galaxian before you play Space Invaders. Took the concept, and it's scrolling. Galaxian is, is yeah. very simple and basic, but it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It gets rid of the BS that I hate about Space Invaders. You know what I said? It's stressful, not fun, and slow. Okay. You know what's what's not slow, but gets my stress? Missile Command. I get too invested in Missile Command thinking that I'm actually saving my cities from being destroyed by nuclear uh, nuclear missiles by, by ICBMs. I, th- I think Missile Command... I, and I, like, a, I like Missile Command. I do too. It gets stressful really quickly. Yes. Yes, it does. It gets stressful. As I played it. Uh, I played Missile Command probably more in the past two weeks than I have in the past 10 oh, really? years. I played it a few times at uh, Long Island, and then I played it in um, I played I, it at the Strong Museum. I, I didn't get a chance to play any arcade games at Long Island. There's Rolling Thunder right there. Sorry, go on. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's a fun game. Um, I mean, it's a neat game. It's a fun game. It's one that I definitely don't particularly love to play. No. I will play it when I see it because I love the cabinet. And, and, and I love the and cabinet. I'm, I love I'm, the tiny buttons. And I'm, and I'm pretty good at it. I'm not saying like, oh, you suck. No, I can get decently. I just get. I'm always stressed. Yeah. I'm always thinking that those little cities are like millions of people getting killed. Somehow, like bullet yeah. hell shooters, don't stress me out. No. I just I zone out on it, and it actually almost becomes kind of peaceful, no matter how many times I'm dying. But there's just so much going on in Missile Command. Uh, okay. Well, we we um I don't like. Uh, I don't like Frogger that much. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't like it that much. I love Frogger. I don't like I, it that much. I can definitely disagree with you on that. I love Frogger. Um, that was one of my favorites when I was growing uh, up. Uh, let's let's. Uh, I'm trying to think of some esoteric ones. Air ones. Uh, Sinistar is stressful. That's not a, obviously a grade A title. That's more of a, a you know a gem one. Sinistar is not bad. It's just really difficult uh to get into and but it is stressful with that big ass sinister running after you though that does get stressful yeah i'm not really i'm bad. not i'm i i i've always uh, i always want to like sinister but i don't it, particularly it's, it's tough get into it but yeah. that's fair space invaders is not fair 
let's see. Dragon's Lair. Uh, I don't enjoy Dragon's Lair at all. I don't think most people do. I love Dragon's Lair. Legitimately love Dragon's Lair. You legitimately like like that learning yes. learning how not to get uh-huh. killed. I, I, it's fun. I like watching the the animation. Uh, I don't enjoy that. Um, it has to be just uh, cla- it's it's classic. We're, we'll stick with the eighties here. Um, do, do you like Joust? I don't really like Joust that much. I really don't. No. I'd, I'd rather I play Balloon it. Fight. I'm not saying Joust is a bad game. I never got into it. I, they're very much the same, but Balloon Fight has a, a theme a th- a, that I like better. Um, but I, I'm I'm not hugely into either of those. I think there's a reason Joust died out pretty quickly. Yeah. You get a bunch of Joust sequels there. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. Now we're getting to weird ones like Pac-Man Plus and those weird Pac-Man games I don't like. Just give me Miss Pac-Man or Pac-Man. Don't, don't give me Super Pac-Man or Pac-Man Plus. Don't give me those. Don't give me no bologna. I want a manwich, please. I mean, at that point. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any other ones that any ones that you'd be surprised that people would be like, oh, because Dragon's Lair. A lot of people don't like Dragon's Lair. But any ones you'd be people would be shocked at. Um, honestly, I mean, I I look at a lot of these games and they're either some of the ones I don't like either aren't worth mentioning or honestly, there's a lot of games that I'm like, you know what, this is better than people give it credit for, and I I wish more people knew it. Um, I guess I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the arcade games I hate. I used to hate Defender and Stargate. Now I got better as I got older. Now I understand them more, so I actually like them better. Uh, same, That's, actually. I, I went to the opposite there. I actually grew up. and I was like, oh, this is actually, I, I kind of get it now. My mom was really good at Defender on the 5200. Imagine that shit. Imagine playing 5200 Defender with that goddamn joystick. Um Oh, now you, now you realize that the joystick and the whole system is garbage. No, I know the joystick's garbage. I still like the system. Now, what about that classic, that classic beat-em-up uh, Double Dragon, Ian? That's <laughs> one you don't enjoy oh, playing. Oh, that is, that is one that I absolutely hate. I really don't like that game at all. It is just a fucking slog. It's, it's boring and slow and not fun, and I hate it, just like Space Invaders. And cheap. I'm not going to apologize for the garbage plate dig now, because you deserve it after that. Fuck Double Dragon. Double Dragon was the best. I'm talking about. Um, you know what? Burger Time, then. Burger Time is trash. I love Burger, Burger Time. Burger Time is absolute trash. Always was. Always will be You just don't have to play it right. Oh, you don't either. Whenever you say that, you can't get past the second stage. Whenever you, you tell me that. You can't get past the first. Which is why it's trash, because I'm a decent game player, and I don't understand the, the strategery. I can almost beat the Game Boy one. Last time you told me you, you were good at it, we played at the NES Marathon. I think you couldn't get past the second stage. I'm, I'm not even trying to... That was the truth. Yeah, but I but still you, know you, how to play you, it. Because I don't you, play it every day. It's still a fun game. You have to play it differently. I, I can go back and play Pac-Man play after like a, a year game. and be good at it. I can play Donkey Kong a year later and be good at it. I don't have to be able to train at my my shitty arcade game that doesn't deserve to still exist as a classic to be good at to beat the second stage. Burger Time's amazing. It's not amazing. Just that, because I, you I, try to play it like Pac-Man doesn't mean it's. I don't try to play it like Pac-Man. Sure. Try to eat. I don't try to eat the the the, the wiener and try to eat the egg <laughs> and whatever the hell else is. What else is chasing me, Ian? The wiener and the egg, the pickle. Is there a pickle in there? Pickles, eggs, uh, hot dogs. Screw screw burger time. That's uh, the one. And I think no French fries are. You know what? You know what? One real quick. You know what? One that I always think I'm gonna enjoy more. And I don't. Zaxxon. Uh, Zaxxon. I can never wrap my mind around being able to look left and right and look at the 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 the, the height scale. I always think I'm good at it, and then I, then I, I get destroyed. You know, it's one for me. And, and large... but I actually enjoy Zaxxon. I just get turned off a little bit. Um, and it's it's not because I don't think there's a good game in there. It's because being uh, a lefty completely fucks it up. I can't play Tron. 
Oh. I've, I've given up on playing Tron. I, I just, I can't fucking do it because the dial's here and the joystick is here. You can do, you can do the light cycle if you don't need I can do the light dial. cycles and I love the light cycles. I, I love games that are like that, but it's way too hard for me to cross arms and then well, the dial it. The dial's on the left? Dial's on the left. So right-handed, but usually use your left to play. So. Yeah, so it, it, it's all fucked up. So that's interesting because if it was left or right, it'd be the same for me. For you, it's more problem being that. Yes, I love that game. I love that original Tron so much. It's a great idea. I just I've given up on like getting excited when I see it because I know I'm gonna last twenty seconds uh, futzing with the controls and then say fuck this and walk away. This of Tron is fun too. It's just too quick of a game. Like you beat the guys quickly, then you get killed easily. That you go through a game like two minutes. This this of Tron. Sure, there's not a huge amount going on there uh, for that. Well, they tried it. Well, that's why they had to separate it out. They tried to include it, but we realized it's a whole new game. Uh, there. All right, I think that's that's good. We covered them. Yeah, we you covered know? them. So uh, my burger time is your double dragon. Fair enough. I know your weakness. Moving on. Q&A time on the CU podcast. I'm going to ask. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, hey, Pat. Uh, this is from Random Number Guy. Random uh, Number Guy. Get Tommy Tellerico on the show to talk about in television. Uh, tongue face. I guess he means the television of Miko, which is what uh, I spoke about last week on the podcast. They released a new trailer. Uh, you, you know, Ian, that it's a family console trying to bring families together and people play in the same room. That's, that's families, 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 families together, together, same room, families yes. together. So, so um, you know, Tommy is, is I, we we love Tommy Tallarico, finger case Tommy Tallarico. I like I got along with him. Uh, he's a fine he's a fine fellow. Um, talked about color dinosaur songs with him before. Um, he, whenever we talk about this. He he obviously doesn't agree with our assessment of what's going on with the console. So he, yeah, and sometimes like I think like I screwed up the price. I thought it was between like two hundred and two fifty. It's actually supposed to be like one hundred and eighty at most or something. But before taxes and shipping, by the way, so this is gonna be a two hundred dollar console probably um, if it comes out. So um, besides that, though, he he usually disagrees on his assessments, and I think he posted a reply I saw on Twitter. It, uh, it disappeared. I didn't block it or get rid of it. It might have been hit by spam because there was a. A link. I don't care enough. I really don't care enough. I don't care enough. But um, we don't like talking to people to give them a, a, a platform if we think it's going to be basically an infomercial. Correct? Yes. Which is, I believe, what... And this is no disrespect to Tommy, but when you are doing this sort of product, and especially if there's always a counterpoint to what we're saying... It, it, yes, it comes off as though it would be an infomercial to sell a product on the podcast... My my question with this always is, though, is at least personally, my assessment of the Amico has never been particularly negative. I don't think it will necessarily do very well um, because it's one of those things where like people within the industry are there's there's a handful of people who are excited about it. Norm, mostly like 40 and 50 year old gamers who are looking back, you know, and they're like, sure. this could be cool. I like the Intellivision name. I don't think there's anything wrong with making a, a console that appeals to uh, family. I don't think there's anything wrong about making a console that wants to be multiplayer focused. I don't think there's anything wrong about it being having its exclusives or having the games cheap or anything like that. I just don't see the market for it. That's not an attack on, no. on the item. It, it's I, I've even said before because I do. I think it looks kind of cool in a neat toy sort of way but I, that doesn't mean i'm just going to say yeah i think this is great it's gonna do awesome everyone look forward to it i i i, I we've covered f- we've covered several a number like of, of false 
consoles. And I'll say it right now. If it does fine, I'm not going to have any problem telling Tommy, no. hey, good job. It did fine. Uh, but I'm not going to just fall in a line and be like, yes, this looks great. I have no concerns with it. And why don't we do that? Well, first of all, we don't, we don't believe it. We're not going to say things we don't believe. Second of all, we don't I, – I guess this is why people love and hate us. We, we, we don't care if people have a problem with our opinions about this. But – for unfortunately or not in these situations, you and I have a pretty damn good track record when it comes to our predictions of these things. Yeah, we just do. And that's the same where geniuses, we just sort of see where the, where the waves are going in terms of where these products end up. And that's even before, obviously dumpster fire trash, like the retro Sigma, for example, I've been talking about that, but the problem is, and this is the reason why we're not sending a lot of stuff early. Uh, a lot of products early. A lot of these Kickstarter stuff is because, uh, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're just not. Um, and we also don't do these interviews because I don't care about having the cachet of talking to, to someone like Tommy Tallarico. And that's just saying Tommy, and that's just saying Tommy's, a, Tommy's a good guy. I just don't need to, to talk to him. And that's what some of these YouTubers get drug in. They're like, oh, I'm going to talk to someone and have them on my YouTube channel. And then that they're okay with that, but they're not going to necessarily press the person on the product or or even be skeptical. And that's a problem because... If there's not a market for it, if the product comes out, we always said this about the Caligal Chameleon. The worst case scenario wasn't it being a scam. The worst case scenario was it coming out, people buying it, and then within like three, four, five months, the, the environment was gone, and now all these people were out of their money, and then they have a shitty piece of trash in front of them that they can't use or don't want to use anymore. Right. That's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is that something like the Amigo comes out, and it might have you know, a little push at the front. But then what happens when the developers realize I can't be exclusive. We're not selling anything right. here. Uh, then you have no new ex- more exclusive games. The market, the ecosystem just disappears. What, what concerns me with the Amico is it will come out. It needs to do very well at launch to keep anyone developing uh, exclusive games. And to attract new developers. And to attract new developers. And if it doesn't, then what I see is Unexclusive mobile games coming to it, and then people lose interest in it because there's nothing unique about it anymore. And their it, mobile game quality. It, it looks like another Ouya. At least with the Ouya, though, you, there were some cross-platform games on the Ouya, correct? Was it all? It was, there were some exclusive. No, there were some cross-platforms. I'm not saying that it would just be... A, I'm, I'm saying at that point, it would start to look like an Ouya. If they, yes. If, excuse me. If they had to pull in other stuff. And there were developers, though, that tried to be exclusive on the Ouya. That took a bath because of that, because that ecosystem just disappeared completely, and it was a mess. The store, and they didn't. I have a know. friend who made a game. Um, it was a good game, uh, and it was originally uh, Ouya exclusive. Now he had always had the intentions to put it up on Steam later, but I mean, he knew that that was a risk, and I don't think it paid off very well. And and this is and so this so the Ouya going back to this, and I'm sure they sold them after the fact, but this had the Ouya had over sixty three thousand backers, sixty three thousand people that got it. And that couldn't keep that afloat. What does uh, the Amico have? That's the, the, there's there's no. Kickstarter. Oh, that's right. There's no Kickstarter. They're going yeah. to try to get right. you know they're trying to do it themselves and come out of it, which is that's admirable. Right, yes. I'm just it is, and I'm glad they're not trying to string anyone along. Like I said, I, I, this sounds bad because I really I don't have that many issues of it. I, what I have an issue with is the fact that I'm I, I can't make my own opinion on on what I've seen. Talking about it isn't going to necessarily change me. I'm looking at the as- business aspect of it and what we've seen before, and this is just simply my opinion. And the demographic, like I said, like I said, if you listen to me talk about it, the demographics is like 15 years off. Yes. That's the only thing too. This is more like going to be your grandparents or older uncles' family system, not 
a millennials family or Gen Xers families. He comes out and kicks ass. I'll I'll play fishing derby. Yes. I'll play fishing derby all damn this day is, long. This is this is what I'm gonna say. This is what I'm gonna say. I would rather if you really want to push what well, you're really pushing a console with exclusives, you're really pushing the games. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. The the, the system is immaterial. It's the games you're selling. So you're not gonna do it. But my advice to Tommy and everyone would be push the games. That's where you make your money anyway. You don't make the money. The console's where all the risk is. Why not push the games? Come out with your remastered and television games, which they tried to do before in a Kickstarter. Remember years back? We yes. talked about it, and it uh-huh. failed miserably? Because one was already out on the App Store or whatever. It was, I think it was that weird. was a different group of people. It was a different group yes, of people, but they yes. did it. They did it. Why not put out on Steam? Put out on your phone. Try to get, get it put out on, 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 uh, on the Switch. An Intellivision remaster pack and just see how it sells. Like, why limit yourself to hoping people buy the console when probably most of the profit is going to be selling the games. I just don't understand it uh, from a from a business uh, risk. I just don't understand well, it. Well, and I think that's where the, some of the uh, disconnect really comes in, though. Um, multiplayer and family games and playing games as a family is a great idea, but you don't need a special console to do that. You need the right games to do that. Um, this whole the the console thing. I think all the games ideas. I think that's great. That's right. Make all these games that are you know focused on multiplayer, bite sized, family friendly. Um, but the whole aspect of making it a new physical console, especially when all the games are going to be digital, uh, that's that's very much just going after the old school forties to fifties collectors market. It, there's there's a big disconnect there. The goal in in what that is it. They seem different. You don't, whatever. You don't need the console to, I don't, to do the games. I really don't want to be right on this one, but I, I have to go with my gut when it comes to this. That's the only thing. And that's, and that's what I'm going to end it at. Like I said, I wish them luck. I don't want it to fail. But if it fails, you know, there's going to be a lot of people out of money, and there's going to be a lot of people that bought this potentially that. They're going to get their month or two of fun. They're going to get a handful of games that come with it. It's packed in with five games, five of these remakes. And then at that point, what do you have left? Well, I, I would say this. I feel like that a lot of the people who are behind it, um, being the, the, the older people, um, I think they know what the risk is they're taking. Okay. I, I don't think there's a lot of people here who are going to get hosed. Um, and I think that that's the good thing. I, I don't think it's – it's not like the uh, Atari VCS. Um, I, I don't think that there's – I don't think that there's going to be a lot of people blindly throwing their money at this. I think that they're going to know what they get and what the risks are involved, but that doesn't change its success no. uh, likelihood. No. So we got, we got 63000 for the Ouya. Uh, what was the Atari VCS one? That VCS Kickstarter. That no, was an Indiegogo, excuse me. I'm just trying to gauge what the numbers are for stuff like this, and probably this won't do as well as the, the Atari VCS. It can't because Atari has a name that people want. That did 11600 I don't think this would do even half of that with the Intellivision name. I just don't. The Intellivision name doesn't really hold any water anymore. Tommy will disagree with me, but I would I would trust me and Ian's perspective on this at this point since we don't have a, a skin in the game here. Um, but if it does five thousand, it'll be it'll be a moderate success for a bit. I think. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. All right. Uh, one more Q and A. Nah, we're done. We've You're gone, done. We've gone long. We've gone long We've and gone strong. Long. We're done. Get the friction on. We can save those. Okay, we'll save those. All right. Well, this is a fun CU podcast. Yes. And you want you want to finish your garbage play story? I absolutely do not. You didn't tell me the topics. Don't care. Well, did you get mac and cheese? 
Not so. I'm done with the garbage plate, Pat. No, I want to hear about the garbage plate. <laughs> no, sorry. There's a picture of it. You can discern We're, the ingredients I got by looking. Oh, you posted on Twitter? Yeah, it's on Twitter. Oh, okay. Nice DJing yesterday, by the way. That was, that was good. Yeah. Thank you. I, so I, I love you most of the time. I had a very good time on Sunday. That was one of the most fun sets I've done. And I, I needed I needed to get out of the house. Very bouncy. Lots of talk about ass booty. Uh, okay, so get the shirt. As a dog, I should have closed the window. It's the first time I had a dog bark ever doing the podcast. <laughs> uh, dog, get the shirt. Go good to boy. teespring.com slash my-man-cu podcast. I wish I did that all one word. Uh, but there you get it. It's my dash man dash see you podcast on teespring.com. Get the mom man shirt. Get it, get like it. Like I said, if don't I, stop. If we, if we do 500 shirt sales, I will wear the flowy woman's uh, tank top on a podcast. If we do 200, I'll just do the regular one and you can see my shoulders. <laughs> I said my hairy shoulders there on the podcast. All right. Um, yeah, and that's it. We're going to be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo, Ian, uh, October, October uh, 18th through 20th. You know, the 18th is more of the arcade day. Yep. And that's in Portland. Go to RetroGamingExpo.com. And we might have a certain Super Nintendo guidebook there if I crack the whip and get them producing books faster. <laughs> Doing that. Fingers crossed. Oh, yes. That, that would be disastrous. Not Toes crossed <laughs> as well. Uh, and we'll be there hanging out. And we'll be there until Monday. We'll, we'll uh, maybe get Mongolian food again there. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I like the Mongolian. It wasn't bad. It, mo- it wasn't Mongolian. It was Moroccan. It was Moroccan? Yes. I want very, Mon- very, very different. I want Mongolian then. Because I, I want a Mongolian. <laughs> it was Moroccan. There was both M's and O's. All right. For Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Contry. We'll see you in a week. Totally do.